Welcome to the Disrupt Education Podcast. I am Peter Hostrosser, the host. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you get a chance, head over to disrupteducation.co or peterhostrosser.com. That's where I have all my blogs. You can connect with me there, see what's going on in disrupting education. I'm also a proud partner in the EdUp Experience Podcast Network. If you head over to edupedupexperience.com, you can check out all the innovative podcasts. I'm in there included with the Disrupt Education Podcast. You're going to find everything talking about innovative ideas, gaming, all kinds of stuff across education, K through 12 and post-secondary. It's an amazing group of people. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you can get these right away as they come out. I uh, have weekly podcasts coming out with great guests and today's guest is no uh, disappointment. I will tell you that her name is Julia Brunseals and Julia is an elementary school teacher in Arizona, and she attended Bradley University uh, in Peoria, Illinois, and she's uh, going to be planning on grabbing a master's degree in leadership from Arizona State University, and she's always wanted to be a teacher, and, and I had her in high school, and she built her first portfolio uh, around being a teacher in our computer apps class. Uh, we talk about that, and we also talk about how we need to educate teachers about the reality behind teaching in the classroom these days and how basically there needs to be some better preparation there. This is a great podcast. It's always a blessing to talk to one of my previous students and see how they have grown into the professionals they are. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. I spoke to Precious, who is a junior in high school, and she talked about her experiences with Spike View. Almost every day we get emails of students in our school getting accepted to different colleges to different internships. And I feel like every school will want to see their student thrive and go to big universities and go to different um, opportunities, like different internships, apprenticeships and all that stuff. And Spike View is definitely an opportunity that teachers would take. Because it's a place where all the students can organize all their things, all their accomplishments they did in their life. And they can use this to build up their resume for college or internships, like I said before, to continue all the way into their senior year. And they have such a big bowl of all the things they've done in one place. So when it comes to the college application process, it's all there for them. And they can just all list it down. It'll just be easier. Drop me a message here on the podcast or head over to spikeview.com to learn more about this incredible platform that's helping our youth own their learning journeys. Welcome to the Disrupt Education Podcast. Hey, I've got a wonderful guest today. Julia Brunseals is here. Julia, um, thank you so much for being here. Um, we've been through a whole bunch, uh, all the way through high school into your teaching gig now. So uh, give us a quick introduction of who you are and uh, what you're doing these days. Well, my name is Julia Brunseals. I am currently a fourth grade teacher in Arizona. I was an elementary uh, school teacher in Illinois for the past three years prior to moving to Arizona. Growing up, I went to pretty good schools in River Forest, Illinois. Then I went to a great high school where I met this awesome man. That would be me. Uh, <laughs> that'd be you um, in Oak Park, uh, Illinois. And 
I would say growing up, I was pretty privileged to have uh, good schools to go to. And I realized that when I moved into college, my years in college, where I was accepted in a scholarship program called the Golden Apple Scholars. And I was blessed to have the opportunity to start being in the classrooms in a different, um, in a teaching way going into my freshman year of college. And it was a whole different world because we weren't in those nice schools. We went to the South side of Chicago that's known for having a rougher school system or a school system that needs a little bit more love and care. And so I was able to see the complete opposite um, field of education and how people take it right in the city where I grew up in the Chicagoland area. So um, I got a lot of opportunity working in Title I schools in Illinois. And so my first job going into um, going into the schools as a teacher was at a Title I school, meaning just lower income families. A lot of those families, they have a lot of uh, kids in the family. They might not be able to give all the support to their uh, students or their kids at home. So it was a lot of me teaching the students and sometimes me teaching the, the parents as well. So um, it really opened my eyes to a different lens in education. And I would say that I have become successful in the school system because of the scholarship program that I was in. They were really real to me right off the bat, um, which a lot of teachers these days don't get that experience. I think a lot of new teachers think they're going to be able to set up their classroom, have a great environment. They're going to have kids that are all going to listen. It's a perfect world. And to be honest, it's not. <laughs> I mean, even, even in the good school system, it's not these days, especially with the social media influence of TikTok, you know, destroying our schools and whatnot. So um, I think what changed me going into the field of education was that scholarship program. And they really prepared me for those tough talks, whether it was race, whether it was um, being in a low income school, what to expect, what to not expect, have those high expectations, but don't you know, expect the kids to buy X, Y, and Z, um, provide more, provide more to them, whether it's in a, uh, educational way of, of life and school. I, I knew for me, when I was teaching my first few years in Illinois, what the, my biggest takeaway was if they learned life skills from me, <laughs> because I noticed at those schools, they weren't retaining a lot. You do have the summer, um, you do have the summer break, and then you're like, okay, let's see if you know your skills. Nothing. It's erased. I mean, I'm sure you can relate to years in the past. Oh yeah. But um, in in these other schools now, I would say even in the good schools, if you don't have the funds to pay for a tutor or to consistently work with parents during the summer, you're going to have the same. Um, effect from this, the children, whether in a good school or a low income school environment. So for me, I still enjoy the field of education. I do, I will say it is tough for new teachers. And I'm seeing that now from Illinois to Arizona, a lot of teachers are not prepared for that. What's it going to be like? Um, what to expect, what not to expect. They really think going in, they're going to have a great classroom. Yeah, it takes work, but you're not going to have that work. The classroom management is terrible these days. Mm -hmm. And a lot of new teachers, I believe, are not getting the support that they need. Yeah. And 
I think that all ties into the pressure, you know, COVID's real. COVID happened March 13th, yeah. you know, they all shut down the schools. Yeah. I think everybody was put under so much pressure that us teachers right now are put under so much pressure, especially at the elementary level. To be honest, I have fourth graders that can barely read at a first grade level. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of how do you keep teaching fourth grade material when they can't even read the fourth grade material they have mm-hmm. to read. You have to differentiate it so much. And I think there's a lot of problems with that going forward with the new generation of teachers. They mm-hmm. are coming in knowing what they're supposed to do. And then in reality, they don't know how to adapt to the new situation because it's something that we haven't experienced in the past, what, 50 years or yeah, more. Right. You know, they're just trying to, they're trying to learn from or teach what they've learned from the books and not adapt to the circumstances that they have and they're not getting that support. So I think going to today's topic of like that teacher burnout rate, it's getting bad, it's getting real. Like I said, I had a coworker leave after a year and a half of teaching and she just didn't feel supported by administration. Not everybody feels supported by administration or there's just too many expectations for a teacher right now that are not realistic and I think the teachers are taking the burden of it um, to their core. They're internalizing it more than, you know, saying we're going to get to what we need to get to. It is what it is and move on from there. You had that opportunity to actually at least see part of that with the Golden Apple Scholars. Um, I teach actually with uh, a Golden Apple Scholar as well. No way. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. And you can see a difference. I mean, they, they... for some reason, I mean, if I ever asked, I had a student ask me in school, like, I want to teach high school. And I'm like, well, go ahead and teach the class. And then like halfway through it, they're like, yeah, I don't think so. Right. So you were at least exposed to some of that. Obviously, you're in elementary. Um, we've like, it's it's cool. So for the listeners, um, Julie, Julie and I have like, you have been in the class and you created a, you were a teacher, like you knew. Um, and let's go back into that real quick. When, when did you know, like, this is the field for you? Um, and because I, I can't remember if it was junior, senior year, I can't remember when you built your first portfolio in class, but it was teacher. So can you talk about that? Like, what was it? Um, I knew sometime in late middle school that I really wanted to pursue um, a teaching career. And then I just went along with that. And I was vocal to my teachers about it. I know at my high school that you were at, um, the math teacher let me shadow her and actually teach some of the classes, which was awesome, because that's what another reason that inspired me to be a, a math teacher. And then, um, which I will be switching to that next year, hopefully, just a middle school math teacher. Um, but yeah, no, I really, I, I was really uh, appreciative of the opportunities that you gave me in high school. I was able to just show, you know, it was what, building the website. That was awesome. Building a website and creating uh, my portfolio. It was nice. And I love that I was able to help others in class. It just like gave me more confidence in becoming a teacher. I think more and more students need those teachers to shine the light on them and give them that, that opportunity, whether it is to succeed or not, I don't want to say fail per se, or 
to open their eyes and see maybe this isn't the path for me yeah. because then they'd be saving thousands of dollars, yeah. <laughs> saving time and energy in where they could put it into something else. Yeah. But yeah, I learned early and I was really thankful that um, my teachers were super supportive. Uh, I, you know, what's interesting is uh, you have also taught um, even beyond that um, many students, because I remember I would keep your portfolio for an example for a couple of years after that. So I don't know if you ever looked at the hits on your website, but it would spike up a couple of times during the year. Um, So it was interesting. It was really cool to see that uh, education um, kind of spreading out. It was almost like you're mentoring others because I could show people mine, but like I'm an old dude. So um, so obviously uh, yours came in um, with a, a little bit newer look to it. Um, you know, one of the things that, that you mentioned, which is very interesting is, you know, you had a colleague leave. Um, they're, they're really, obviously we all weren't prepared for this parents, students, administrators, educators, all these things. Right. Um, and then for a while, I feel like we were kind of heroes. I mean, we actually, you know, somehow buttoned this thing up, kept people moving forward. Um, pacing and all that was probably, a challenge, which I know it was for, for me at, at our school. Um, how, how do we move forward here? So, you know, obviously the things that we were taught um, in school to be a teacher um, outside of those really cool opportunities that you have. Um, but if you go back into your teacher training, I'm going to guess our teacher training, as scary as the gap between our age, was probably pretty similar um, and yeah. I, I, I'm just wondering, like, so from here on out, from somebody who's just, I wouldn't say super new, but you, you know, you got your feet wet, you've seen a lot of things even before you came into the industry. What are some things that we probably should be doing or maybe checking into to get really good educators um, and people who are going to have I mean I don't want to say like have the guts to stay because that shouldn't be that way but like this is this is a difficult job it was difficult before the pandemic and now there's you know there's a lot more things coming at us that are making it uh, more difficult um, how do we do that how does Julia Julia you're the rule maker make it happen go <laughs> so you know moving forward here in order to keep some of these awesome educators or people going into the field of education. I would say no matter what, have an open mind to anything. A lot of people in the field of education, they think they have an open mind, but they truly close it when when they're given constructive criticism, when they're given any piece of advice. And I think any young teacher needs to be open-minded when it comes to being flexible in the classroom, when it comes to getting that constructive criticism and not taking it to heart, taking it, okay, how can I do better to make sure my kids learn? Or how can I be a better educator? I think that's number one, a big thing, because I've noticed with the younger teachers, they're not open to taking any advice. They say they are, and then they're not, and hence why they feel so stressed when, why, why feel stressed when you have a team to help you? So I think that's my number one. I think on the other hand, I think those teachers that are already feeling burnout, they need to, this sounds really harsh, but like stop being so selfish and look at, open their eyes and see there are new young teachers here in the field. Let's talk more positively. Let's cheer them on. Let's, let's help them recognize what good they're doing because 
in the years I've been teaching, there's been so much negativity. You can't, you know, one person next door in the classroom is doing awesome things. You might take an idea and tell them you're taking the idea and it's all of a sudden jealousy. And instead of that, that worked well in your classroom, that's going to work well with mine and our whole community will work well together. It's not, it's not a competition. And I think that's a huge thing with the younger teachers. They need to realize there's no competition. We're here. It's like, it takes a village to raise a child, meaning whole classroom environments, families, just the whole school, everything. So in order to, I would say changing that mindset in order to keep more of those younger teachers. And if I could give advice to my younger teachers moving forward to get rid of that burnout rate, I would say focus on classroom management because kids these days, I don't care what age, their attention spans are like this because they have it on, they have it on their phones. They have it on their tablets. They have it everywhere. And that's something that's different from when I was in high school in your class. I mean, we had phones, but I didn't get my first iPhone till college. <laughs> You're dating yourself. <laughs> I, I love it. Now. Yeah. So know, I know, right? <laughs> get a flip phone. <laughs> yeah. I had, I had a flip phone and also I was like that goody two shoes that I'm like, I can't do this. I'm going right. to get caught, you know, mm-hmm. not kids. That's another problem. Kids don't have, how do I say this? A lot of kids now feel very entitled. They don't know how to respect adults. And I witness this on a daily basis. But with my class, for example, I hate eating lunch with my coworkers because all they do is say all the negative things that I have to say. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I'm fine. I was given all that tough love in the beginning of the school year. And now it's like, they know my expectations. It's real. We could have real conversations. I can teach them or my students are like, they're holding the door for another class. And they said, Ms. Brunsfield's nobody's saying, thank you. And I'm like, so going back, I, and I'm like, that's because I'm true to manners. You respect people you treat people how you want to be treated. And that's where I think those younger teachers in order to, to not stop that, or to stop that teacher burnout or, you know, keep people in the field of education is know your core values, nor know that tough love is okay in the classroom and um, just stick to it. Consistency. Don't give up, especially when it's hard because it gets better. So if, if we have that support system for our younger teachers, if we have um, that positive mindset, not overdoing the positive, but just cheering on and acknowledging hey this you're doing this good like keep up the good work or hey i love that idea can i do that too you know acknowledging that with our younger teachers i think would be helpful and give them more of a a drive to stay in the education Mm -hmm. because right now or in the field of education because right now the kids i will say they're tough Mm -hmm. especially with the the social media trends right People are trying to saw off chairs with their masks. Yeah, I mean, right. Having masks in the classroom constantly, you know, digressing from teaching because, hey, put your mask on. Right. Hey, put your mask on. Right. Or don't pick your nose through the mask. Right. <laughs> yeah. More, more at the elementary yeah. level than the, than the secondary. But I'll tell you, it right. happens. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just like the little things now that we have to focus, choosing your battles, you know. It's and it's yeah. tough. I can imagine with cell phones right now, 
in the classroom at the upper level. You have to just focus on making education so much more engaging. And that's, I think that's also yeah. what, you know, uh, it's a, you burn out. there's, there's two things I took. And thank you for sharing that. There's, there's two things that, that I'm taking from this. Um, uh, starting with, you know, there are, there are three, sometimes four generations of teachers in, in a system, like in a school building. Um, and you know, one thing that we don't really get trained on is actual teamwork, right? I, I've never seen a teamwork course in education at the secondary or at the uh, post-secondary level when you're in your teacher training. Um, it's basically, you know, you're solo, right? You go and then you do feel, I, I, I've seen the competitiveness, um, you know, I'm guilty of being competitive sometimes, you know, so it's, you know, um, how do we get more communities working together and that's an interesting point and the, and the second thing that i've learned from from what you were saying there was um you know yeah the social media piece if you go back to march 13th 2020 that is where our our students that's where the identity of education changed right like the entire identity of it and at the secondary level i can tell you and probably more at the at the primary as well when they flipped up, if they, if you had the laptops, if, if students were you know privileged enough to at least have a school with that communication, which not all did, um, they did have their phones there and they were creating habits. Um, and you know, one of the things is I just acknowledged that with one of my courses in entrepreneurship, it's very interesting because they stopped. And of course, it used to be where you had like fifteen to twenty percent kids disengaged. Um, and now it's up into the 60s, 70% sometimes. Um, I can imagine what it looks like at the elementary level, um, in the middle school level. But they all looked up and they're like, wait a minute. you know." So I think we need to acknowledge these things. Um, those are two very great points that you made. Um, and uh, you know, so where do we go from here? Um, obviously, you're, you, uh, you're moving into a middle school math, which is you got to put a helmet on, <laughs> but that's all good. Yeah, I know you can handle it. Um, but like, um, and then going forward, um, what if you were a person who was in charge of all the teacher training? Um, what would be one thing that you would put into it post pandemic that would help teachers uh, move forward in that? Uh, I like that you pointed out the whole uh, community of not knowing how to work as a team. It's so funny. We're in the, the field of education. We're expected to teach our kids to work together, but we can't work together as a team. So um, that's true. And the pandemic really has ruined that even, or even, you know, decreased the what is team uh, aspect. So I'm starting young. I start with my fourth graders, I have them work in a team. And then after we do something as simple as working as a team, whether it's just reading a passage or they create a project together, I talk to them and I ask for their feedback. What do you like about working with each other? Be honest. What was what went well and what didn't? And I can already see how some of them got frustrated with each other and some of them are happy. I said, let's see, you know, just talking with them at a nine, 10, 11 year old um, with nine, 10, 11 mindsets is interesting because that's how I am. I'm trying to plant the seed so then they can be those leaders going forward in that school system and hopefully in life um, to, to know what it's like to work as a team. Um, I think I'm fortunate in my uh, education at Bradley University um, for 
undergrad, they made us do a lot of team projects. So I was able to witness who was the good one, who was not, you know, who works together well, who's just the speaker, you know. So um, that's something that I value a lot. And it's hard in the school systems because a lot of educators come into the professional development Oh, something about teamwork, you know, and of course, we're all guilty of doing it sometimes, sometimes it's super repetitive. So it's hard. How are you supposed to teach something when you internally are not open to learning, having that open mind to learning? Okay, you know what, I am slacking at teamwork, I got to step up my game, I can't do this to this teacher, or that teacher. So um, yeah, so it's hard moving forward. Maybe if in, in our school systems now, if we could, uh, implement more teamwork activities for a PD um, that could help. But again, that pandemic and, you know, in my school, we switched our PDs or professional developments. When the, school, when the kids leave early, we have the meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, we've switched them to virtually. So it's hard to be in a team setting if you're just all on different computers, because let's, let's face it in reality, <laughs> if we don't have to put our camera on, you're probably working on something else. Yep. Still listening, actively listening. It's just not the same. So it's, that's a tough one. I think that will, if we plant those seeds in any team that we're working with and just, you know, be patient, and watch it grow. Uh, eventually we could get better at teamwork, but you know, starting with kids young or any age group, they need to be working in teams because that's the real world. Yeah. And I let, I let my fourth graders know that all the time. Like this is the real world, whether you go to college or not, you're going to be working on a team. Yeah, It, it is what it is. So I mean, if we could implement implement that more, I'm taking my part of eventually going into uh, my master's for educational leadership. So I want to be able to foster that in my next school environment. So yeah, I'll I'll keep that I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> but um, also, I wanted to piggyback what you were saying with you were talking about. Um, the second part you were talking about was what social media. Yeah, the it- identity of our kids changing and, and the actual school changing. Um, I know here, like just to kind of preface what you're about to say, like you know, here in Illinois, and I don't know what it was like. Uh, well, you did transition from Illinois to Arizona yeah, in the middle of that, right? So that that that's interesting. I'd love to grab your take on that. Um, you know, the governor basically said any any grade that you have. Um, that's what you're going to get in March. Your third quarter grade is it. Um, and we're on quarters to some schools are, are different, but, um, and you know, kids just stopped. I mean, they would show up for attendance reasons, especially in the secondary level. You know, there's many reasons for that. You know, my, my son, I mean, we're privileged enough to like be parents. We're both teachers. We know like we're going to push them through that. I can imagine if, you know, you're in a house full of, you know, X amount of people. There's a lot going on. Um, there's you know different differences everywhere where it, when uh, it comes to that. So um, some environments are not made for that. But um, that was where you know acknowledged that hey you know what we all disconnected. I mean even me you know I was trying different things and scrambling. So in the community that I work with now, it's like some of these kids don't see their parents until late because they're working two jobs. So who's going to help them with that homework? So for me right now, we have a weekly homework sheet. They see their Monday through Thursday homework. They can do it at any time, but I've coached them on how to do it. Like this age or this time you do, you know, X amount of problems. If you have to take care of your younger brother or sister uh, tonight, maybe 
just do today's don't do, you know, two days. It's like, I'm coaching them how to be responsible because they're not getting it from their families. So that's tough. It's tough. Um, and I'm trying to sift through to see what kids are truly taking care and being that like other parent in the house and actually taking care of their brothers and sisters or some that are just pure lazy because they want to be on TikTok all night or play all night. That's kind of what I'm running into uh, right now. So right now I'm just trying to build responsibility and it's tough with the, this new new lens of education for sure. Yeah, totally. It's, uh, it is an interesting uh, field. You know, I think two years ago, um, actually going into the full school year after 2020, so fall of uh, 2020, I remember tweeting that this is going to be the year where I learned the most in education, and I guarantee you it was. Uh, learning is hard, right? <laughs> learning is not an easy thing. So, um, you know, I, I do value um, your lens so much. Um, it's amazing. People won't know how like long I've seen your journey um, as a student uh, yeah. and going through. Um, but also, you know, I think, uh, you, you bring a lot, I do know you bring a lot of value. Um, and you know, I'm going to almost, if, if I'm going to throw down a bet here, you're going to be a great school leader. So let's just go there. Um, but if people want to, uh, connect, uh, with Julia and, and try to figure out, okay, you know, where you're going next and, or maybe, uh, do some teamwork across the States or even across the world for our worldwide listeners, how can they connect with you? Uh, they can contact me at my email. It's juliabrunseals at gmail.com. So Julia, J-U-L-I-A. Brunseals, it's a tif- uh, tough one for you guys. B-R-U-Y-N-S-E-E-L-S at gmail.com. Got it. I will definitely put that in the notes uh, for people to uh, check out as well. Julia, it's always a pleasure. I wish you were still here in uh, Illinois, uh, but Illinois, I just dropped an S on there. So my Illinois people are going to be mad at me, Um, but definitely I got to get down to Arizona and see what you're doing as well. Thank you so much for sharing your story here on Disrupt Education. And, uh, you know, it is very important for people to see the real uh, behind education. And uh, I think uh, actually, again, I know you're going to be a great leader in education. So thank you. Of course. Thank you for having me. And it's just so awesome to see what you've done with uh, in the field of education and disrupting education. So I can't wait to listen in more. Super, super humbled. And thank you all listeners. We really appreciate you. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, reach out um, and give us a rating. Love feedback. We'll talk to you next time on Disrupt Education. 